love you. You're a wizard, faceless. No, I'm not! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually not sure what the fuck you are. Yeah, I'm not either. But I'm the green traveler. And I am the faceless (laughs) Leone. Uh, I like that opening. That was fun. It was it was interactive. I liked it. Um, <laughs> uh, well, all you witches and wizards out there, uh, you'll be happy to hear that uh, we're here doing a podcast about movies and TV. But more specifically, we're going to focus on the Harry Potter franchise. Very specifically, the Harry Potter franchise. (laughs) (laughs) A new playlist. We finally finished Disney's War Era, and we're moving on to happier, more mystical times that are continuously brewing with storm clouds because the writer just cannot shut her frickin' trap. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm kidding. She's being transphobic, and I don't like it. No, anyways, but. Here we are. We we still yeah. rather enjoy these movies and books from our childhood. Honestly, I'm and you know I'm gonna get stoned in the streets. You know, you're gonna see this guy in a big purple shirt because that's all I own, and no face, <laughs> and I, because that's the part that I'd probably give it away. But anyways, you're gonna start stoning him because he's only read the third book. I, I know i know so here here's here's the story all right of a lovely lady um <laughs> at the time my my stepmother who was very religious I, i'm sure she still is she's just no longer my stepmother anyways she did not like us viewing or being involved in any media that had to deal with witchcraft and whatnot so you know i couldn't even watch uh casper and wendy as a kid what i watched it at my mom's because you know my mom's like listen this is my kid yeah. i'm gonna let him watch what i decided <laughs> to watch uh, <laughs> but anyways i fell in love with these two movies right the first two movies sorcerer's stone mm-hmm. And Chamber Secrets. Or the Philosopher's Stone. Or the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. If you're anywhere but America. Yeah, why did they do that? That's <laughs> weird. But, like, they made it... I don't know. I feel like the Sorcerer's Stone sounds... Yeah. I don't know. It sounds more malicious. Anyhow. Maybe they were just going for more mystical, maybe. more magical. I don't know. They're like, kids aren't going to get... What? They, what is it it's not about sophocles come on <laughs> what the the fuck's a philosopher we don't teach that in our schools <laughs> there's no free thinking here um <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> any mahu uh yeah i really wanted to get more into this this world and uh mm-hmm. we went to the the library and i think i picked up the first book and i started reading the first couple pages and i was like you know what i know what happens in this story i know what happens (laughs) in this story so i went and i picked up the third book and i love that book that book is amazing after i put it down i immediately picked up the fourth one 
and I just kept on falling asleep in the first chapter. And I have I have a lot of trouble reading, especially <laughs> as a little kid. So I just moved on to something that intrigued yeah. me a little bit more at the time. Well, that first that first chapter of book four is not Harry Potter, really. It's yeah. It's you know it's following the caretaker and the other family, and that's where you start getting the the hints that J.K. Rowling might not be a good author. <laughs> like when it comes down to it, I'm sorry. When it comes down to it. Her her youth, uh, her young adult writing is brilliant. There is a you know there is so much that I love about Harry Potter series. I read it like once every two or three years. Right. It's it's magnificent. But everything she's done outside of that world that I have tried to read, I have found to be just bad. And it's like, and, and I don't I don't know what it is. Like I mean personally, I think it's just because she let, you know, the fame and riches that came to her life get really far into her head and has just kind of kind of become like george lucas where it's just like i don't need people telling me no i just need people telling me yes we can sell this you know and it's just Uh, well but that's just how it that's how it kind of feels and like my my here's my experience with harry potter sure uh, I don't remember what grade I was in, but it was around 1999, 2000. When the, whenever the first movie here, uh, Philosopher's Stone was coming out, I think it was late 2000 when the posters started appearing everywhere. Right. And I just remembered I was in school and my friends were talking about it because they just released the poster. You know, it had Daniel Radcliffe's you know face on the on the cover and it showed the castle in the background. It was really cool and interesting, and everybody was talking about it. And I'm like. I don't know what the fuck anybody's talking about. So I quickly went out and got all the books wow. and read them and like read them in like a week because like I, I was so enthralled, but also I, I really had no life still don't, but <laughs> I, I just read all the time as a kid. Like that's, that's kind of my life is I just read or yeah. play video games or watch movies. Which and... sounds, I mean, I did the other two things, but uh, the reading, I mean, I really had struggle reading for just pleasure until mm. really until i read that harry potter book really honestly that that made me want yeah. to sit down and read books i just couldn't get into the beginning of the fourth one so i i dropped it yeah <laughs> i mean it, but it, it's just because her writing isn't that great in the beginning of the fourth one i remember reading it and literally stopping and flipping to the cover and being like this isn't harry potter it doesn't even feel it doesn't even well but i mean literally it doesn't even feel like her writing is what i'm saying it doesn't feel like a harry potter novel for that first chapter it just kind of feels like young adult england literature and i'm just like i don't know how to put it it doesn't seem universal it just seems kind of bleh mundane and I so so it wasn't just me is what you're saying. I appreciate that. No. Yeah, because because if if it had started just like if you had just jumped in this uh chapter 2, I think you would have been fine because that's when it just feels like Harry Potter again because it's back yeah. to just being Harry Potter and his friends. I'm sorry to people who are still huge fans of JK Rowling. I'm not letting her transphobia affect my view of her artwork because I do think her artwork is great. Because yeah. obviously this this series deeply affected my childhood oh yeah. and like because huge effect because i read all the books i read all the books up to the point where that first movie came out and then i just dragged my parents to the theaters with me i was like you have to get me to go see this film and you know i think dad fell asleep within maybe 10 minutes 
<laughs> mom liked it, I think. She 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 seemed entertained, but dad was just like, "Nope, I'm out. I'm done." <laughs> but he he's like he's like that with nearly every film in the theaters. Like the theater atmosphere is not is not for my old man. <laughs> There's all this ambient noise around me. I can deal with that. I <laughs> uh, yeah, eat a couple of handfuls of popcorn and pass out. <laughs> I'll love him for it. But but there's a brilliance to this first film. I, I mean, let's yeah. just get into it. it. I mean, what makes it so brilliant is he, Chris Columbus, or just Chris Columbus, the director, he took this young adult series that was just enrapturing the world. The kids were loving it. All, all, from all nations, <laughs> not every single yeah. nation, I would assume, but all many nations. But he took this and he somehow captured the mysticism and just like built this very unique and brilliant world around this story. Yeah. And it's like there's nothing there's nothing super unique about the story. I mean, there's another uh, Neil Gaiman, I think, wrote a novel not too long before J.K. Rowling did. I think it was called The Books of Magic or something like that. So it's just like it's very similar and in how Harry Potter is written where it's, you know, it's a young boy who discovers he's a wizard, but he's also discovers that he's like the best wizard apparently. And he, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's got, or, this, he's got this huge he's famous. Yeah. And he's got this huge destiny to look forward to. And so it's just like, it's, it's nothing unique. The story is it, but how it's told the characters it builds. And then just however Chris Columbus somehow managed to capture this all on film this first film is like brilliant in my opinion. I yeah. Love it. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, there's a reason why I went and picked up the next book in the series. Cause I couldn't get enough, you know, right. I think both, I mean, we're not really talking about chamber of secrets today, but I think both of those films really just felt like the, the, that you're just so drawn in to mm-hmm. what's going on because it's, it's beautiful and yeah like you said the world building is just amazing like how they blend from the modern london scene to the the wizard world like you know you go through the plat the platform to uh nine and three quarters and then you're you're fucking there and there's this this magical locomotive there uh same with uh uh, the Haggard scene with the brick wall. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing. It, and and another part of the beauty of it is a lot of it's practical. Like I mean there's obvious CGI. Like right. you know, the, the brick the brick scene, there there's some practical effects in the brick scene, but there's a lot of CGI too, I believe. And Fluffy, the three headed dog, you know, complete CGI. Well not complete CGI, I think they like blew up a dog one dog and made though, it do like a bunch of different faces <laughs> it's a really good special effect though uh for yeah. the, especially for the time period it's really good but you, oh you know what's really good what what the really great special effects are the quidditch scene they're a little oh, dated yeah. now yeah a little they're bit a little yeah. dated but oh it's so fun like w- there's there's one i can't remember the the quidditch players names i think it's like angelica johnson or something like that um, that sounds but right. like but there, there's there's moments where you can see like a cgi dummy face where it's just like it looks very blank and smeared and it looks bad yeah. but like <laughs> you can ignore it because the fact that it's 2001 you know you're watching this and you're just like you know what 
these are some pretty freaking solid CGI scenes. I'm yeah. really digging it. Yeah, I really like this uh, this broom soccer. I like right. it a lot. That's interesting. Uh, Scoring's dumb as shit. Uh, this time around, I had Sarah uh, and I were watching it, and I paused it, and I was like, all right, listen, I never read these two first books. They don't necessarily explain all the rules of Quidditch in the movie. So I had her explain, you know, (laughs) how everything works. Like somebody could potentially lose by catching the snitch if if the other point has enough, the other team has enough points. And I'm like, okay, so there is an actual reason to score points. (laughs) Because. That's but not, also, I don't feel like very well explained in the movie. Like, no, it's not very well explained, but I also don't think it's a very well thought out sport. I feel like it's no. a sport that still needs needs more attention paid to it to hone out the finer details. Well, I think like, that it's like less rules, uh, more fun. I think is yeah, the Quidditch yeah. standpoint. <laughs> but it should... Well, it's like one thing, like there's a moment in the books where uh, the keeper, the goalie, if you will, gets knocked oh. out. And it happens in the movie, too. And right. But in the books, one of the Slytherin players just has the quaffle and he's just throwing it through the hoop over and over again. You know, he's just like sitting there, like passing it back and forth through the hoop just to rack up points. And I'm like, all right, there probably needs to be a rule about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that seems, seems a little unfair. bit unfair. Yeah. At I, the very least, like you have i feel like i feel like if the keeper gets knocked out because i think they have accepted that they must have the cure for concussions really is is what it is better okay they better yeah yeah. if we're if we're gonna talk that we gotta we gotta bring up the fact that the wizarding world is assholes all of it yeah like the entirety of of the wizarding world is complete asshole they have cures for shit that could save muggles people who don't have yeah that's true that's true but they don't want the muggles to know that they exist. And it's like, why? What are you like? You're not afraid of them. Yeah, they have no point. need to be afraid of them. Yeah. They are so powerful that they really have no reason. But like, I get, I don't know. Maybe they were like less powerful during that, that era where all the witch hunts and stuff were going on. And, and then it would, they were able to grow as a society by keeping secrets maybe maybe that's the story here i don't know but now it's gotten to a point in modern time where you have to just fucking deal with it you gotta grow up and be like we can help these people yeah like we they're gonna be afraid of us yeah we don't want that shit and i'm sure they have a cure for it because you don't hear about any freaking wizards and witches dying of cancer no i mean i don't know how old albus is but he's pretty fucking old right at least Richard Harris's yeah. version is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, oh. but it's just like, but they have all of the ability to just integrate into society. And one reason that would be super helpful is when assholes like Voldemort pop up, it's easier to make everybody more alert. Because when right, yeah. later later on in the series, when uh, a certain individual returns, I don't want to spoil things. Oh, gosh. But <laughs> they're trying so freaking hard to keep everything a secret. 
You know, they're yeah. just like, they're like, oh, how do we keep the muggles from not knowing everything? Well, we've alerted the prime minister and that's about it. And he's put out, you know, warnings about escaped prisoners and whatever. And it's like, Jesus Christ, people just open yourselves up, like expose yourselves to the world and start right. fixing it. You have so many abilities maybe to that's, fix things. Maybe that's what the third uh, Fantastic Beats movie is going to be about. Oh, f- fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk th- <laughs> We'll talk those too. Those will come. Maybe, maybe not in this playlist immediately, but they will come someday with this playlist. Yeah, someday, someday, or or we'll just do a threesome with those three. That'd be maybe fun. We'll do that. I, I want them to stop a trilogy triumvirate. I guess is what we're we're calling. Oh right, right. That I want them to stop with the Fantastic Beast shit though, because I have a plan yeah you gotta get your tv show going yeah i've like i don't know if i've put it on the podcast but i have a harry potter plan where you do one tv show Uh that covers albus dumbledore's life up until the first wizarding war you do another tv show about the wizarding war and then you do another tv show about harry potter and you you know it builds the fucking world they're cramming so much into these movies which we'll get to when we get to the sequels because there's a point where I start yeah. really hating what they do with the world because they they lose the splendor of it. It becomes so flashy, flashy CGI garbage that it's just like I don't care for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But this first film, which I've realized we're 20 minutes in and we have not actually synopsized, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> which is fine, you know. That's we're excited about it and also like a lot of people know about what these these yeah, movies yeah. and what they're all about but, but we are here for sorcerer's stone would would you like me to go ahead or or you want to do it uh i don't mind but uh, it'd probably be best for you because i'll just keep going on tangents <laughs> <laughs> sounds good okay so sorcerer's stone i've honestly seen the chamber of secrets more so something i have not said on the podcast is that growing up uh, and she still does. My my mother runs a daycare. Mm. So I was surrounded by children all the time my entire life until I, I broke free. <laughs> um, but they got it in their head that it was okay to watch the Chamber of Secrets DVZ literally every day. Oh, man. Every day for months on end. Finally, my mother hid it. <laughs> and and they're like, we want to watch Chamber of Secrets. And she's like, "Um, I think you guys can watch something else. It's okay. <laughs> you can watch something else. Yeah, Anyhow. Kids suck, man. They always do that. They always watch the same movie over and over again. Yeah, they do. Again. I don't know what it was, though. It's like we had, well, actually, I think we had Sorcerer's Stone on VHS. I think that was but, probably the problem. We didn't have a VHS player. But I think that. it brews anxiety. I think that's the problem because it, it instills this, like, comfort level with something that it's like when you watch something new, you're like, I don't really want to. You know, I'm more used to that thing. Ah, sure. Yeah. It's like, I know what happens, even though there's a big, scary snake. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Th- this is Sorcerer's Stone, though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're so good at this. So, uh, Harry, uh, little baby, he gets dropped off at the V. Dursley residence with his uh, aunt and uncle, Petunia and Vernon, and his cousin, Dudley. And they're nasty abusive to Harry. They're just the worst. Um, Like, and it's kind of like, 
played off in the movie like as a kid you see it and it's like ah yeah they sure don't treat him very good Mm -hmm. but as an adult you're like who the fuck are these people (laughs) i want to go to these people's house and just fucking burn it down it's like you don't deserve your children uh agree but of course then i'd be taking the house away (laughs) 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 so anyhow eventually uh harry gets invited to go to hogwarts but uh his aunt and uncle are like no we're not having this magical shit go down in our household Mm. and we really like having our indentured servant and hagrid eventually comes and collects harry's like you guys can't keep him from this wonderfully that scene's awesome wonderfully played by robbie coltrane yes we'll talk the cast later when in detail but like they nail everything perfectly but the one person the one person that they got absolutely correct that cannot ever be like done better is robbie coltrane as hagrid fucking it you're right hagrid is the heart of this fucking movie he really is i mean like obviously you fall in love with uh daniel radcliffe emma watson and well honestly a little bit less with hermione in this movie to be perfectly honest but ron you gotta fucking love ron rupert grant man i want him to play the doctor he's one of my my top contenders i think he'd be great you're right he's in a he's in an apple i think an apple tv tv show i'm not sure about that yeah something oh i forget what it's called but yes i have seen trailers for that he's at least acting still so so get him get get him in the doctor who yeah yeah didn't he have a band for a while is he still doing that sure sure we don't know sorry an ice cream van no band a band i think he also had an ice cream van (laughs) that's kind of fun (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting isn't it yeah that's, that's something but harry goes to hogwarts and then harry goes to hogwarts learns he's a wizard and he starts learning the magic that's where he meet he meets ron and hermione on the train there which the magic of the train is just that really draws you in especially as a kid i don't know what it is it that scene seems to be like take forever right but it's really not that big part of the movie you get to you get you get all the all the easy effects with like the the treats that are given you know you got the bernie bots that are flavored beans which right it's that's that's a simple magical thing where you don't actually have to know that they're just you know regular fucking beans in a box but it's just like oh no they all taste different that's so cool and then you know he opens up the yeah he opens up the chocolate frog and the frog jumps out the window but then he also sees a card that has look (laughs) that's bad luck right there but he also has that card of Dumbledore, and Dumbledore leaves, and it's like, yeah. oh, people can just yeah. leave photographs. It's so awesome, you know. It's oh, oh my god. It's just a well, you don't expect him to be around forever, do you? He's got things to do. Yeah, they ease you in so wonderfully with all of the with Diagon Alley with the train, but like one thing that I'm always confused in though is at platform nine and three quarters why isn't there always like a giant fucking line of students to go through that wall because there's like how many students does right? Hogwarts have like a thousand yeah well they i mean they probably don't all get on the train at the at the same station maybe mm. there's like a bunch of different nine and three quarters that makes sense. uh that all converge onto that same 
location of time and space. That might be. That may. That I get. I can. Yeah. I can believe that. I mean, yeah. I mean, J.K. Rowling is notorious for not, you know, putting certain details into her book and then later coming out to claim right. it. So if you hear her come out and say that there are other trains going to Hogwarts, you heard it here first. Just saying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but that's that's another issue is uh, that I have with kind of this movie because it does start the trend. You know, this is the first film. I mean, it, it's very loyal to the books, but this is this is the movie that could have broken away from the books a little bit in this fact is uh, there's so many freaking students at Hogwarts, but Harry's co-ed class, you know, the the fellow boys in Gryffindor first year, there's only like seven. Right. And there's like, there's not even that many, like you never know how many, you never know how many are in the girls' class for the Gryffindor uh, house, but I can only imagine right. it's also less than ten. So it's like the math doesn't right. the math doesn't add up with when you like when you come together with all of the the students you know it's like well there's probably about seventy overall in Gryffindor so there's probably about two hundred and eighty to three hundred students and it's like nope there's like five hundred to a thousand bodies here <laughs> so it's like where are all yeah, these kids I, yeah I haven't done a head count in that banquet scene. For for sure, at least not anytime recently. But it looks huge, right? And, Doesn't it look like a lot of kids? It does look pretty. It does look like a lot of kids, but Maybe no it's not. more than should be at a, a private school, though. I feel like that's a pro. If that's all the kids, that yeah. they're all in one room, but, that's pretty impressive. But where but the it hell did are seem they? Like, um, yeah, it did. It, it did seem like there wasn't that. It's seven grades, right? Yeah. It's seven years, rather. So, I don't know. Uh, fuck math, dude. Yeah, and I, I think there's <laughs> only I think there's only six uh, boys in Harry's class, including himself. Maybe yeah. maybe even five. You know, there's Neville, Dean, Seamus, uh, Ron, and Harry. So just five. And Seamus blows himself up. So yeah. So it's like, where are all the kids? <laughs> so, what the heck? I don't know. You're right. Maybe that's just the only ones they focus on. No. Well, I mean, it is. Because but... they have that room. They have that room where they're all together. Unless they have more rooms in the Gryffindor that... uh, dorm for just first-year kids. That makes sense. But that doesn't seem likely. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like... I think... I feel like that's a logical answer. Maybe, maybe it's an illusion. Like, you know, most of the things in the Grand Hall. It's like, like there's a mirror on in the middle of the table <laughs> that just makes it appear like there's just doubles the amount uh, of students kind of like morphs all the faces together to make new faces oh i like it you know it sounds like the incantation they tried for my face gotcha and it just i was gonna say it sounds like you had a hand in there sounds familiar any uh the plot doth thicken with a draco malfoy oh shit <laughs> the uh oh, oh fuck who plays draco again all i know is he was in planet of the apes and or rise of yeah, the, planet of the, apes planet of the apes and the flash tv show <laughs> that's right was in that tom felton sorry tom felton uh i do i honestly have appreciated the things i've seen yeah he is there. a good he is a good actor especially uh, as malfoy like it's it's kind of sad that all these yeah. people have gotten kind of typecast, but you know they're, they're doing great jobs at breaking yeah. free of the typecast because they're no longer thought of like that. But 
I would say Tom Felton. Whenever right. I see Felton, I still think just Mal- Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, I think that he might be running into that problem. Like, they want him to do this mean young person. And he's like, can I just, like, be a scientist or something? <laughs> well, he's, I mean, even in, the, even in the Flash show, yeah, he's he's mean to start off with. Yeah. He's abrasive. He is mean, you're right. He grows, though. Uh, he's probably a very nice person. Oh, yeah, I would assume. <laughs> They always have the nicest people play the meanest, meanest characters. Yeah, they sure do. Well, I feel like like maybe that's because they've witnessed the the mean people, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, yeah, I think I can channel that, right? Because I'm not gonna give it to other people because that's mean. <laughs> so I might as well do it for the camera. Anyhow, he's in Slytherin. There's four houses for those who have no idea what harry potter is yeah. there's four houses where the hell have you been the last 20 years yeah we got gryffindor which our heroes all get inducted to from the sorting hat there's slytherin evil they're kind of supposed to be ambitious and there never was a bad wizard that didn't come out of slytherin and i'm like bull fucking shit <laughs> yeah 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 and then there's hufflepuff which they're supposed to be friendly and loyal i think correct me if i'm wrong they're the stoners they're the stoners yeah and ravenclaw seekers of knowledge yeah yeah i'm a i'm a good mix of uh ravenclaw and hufflepuff I yeah, mean, I, I'm probably right there too. I'm probably a Ravenpuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I only ever get yeah, sorted yeah. in Ravenclaw, but I feel like yeah. I have the personality of a Hufflepuff. Right. I, yeah. Like you're, I you're supposedly supposed to be a touch standoffish for Ravenclaw. I, I think that's. that's what I, feel like <laughs> I, I think I've that's heard. fair for me. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> oh, I am. I am a green guy from Gorge, so. <laughs> that's fair i mean yeah we both have like a five charisma on the D D scale yeah ain't that the truth that's because people aren't lo- willing to look past my doe face and your <laughs> green face <They're> racists <laughs> yeah anyhow they they compete uh they got a rivalry going on but also there's professor snape played by alan rickman <whistles> amazing just amazing yeah the only thing that I wish they would change about his Snape was I wish because we've seen Alan Rickman with a beard and Die Hard like he are, right. he, can, he can grow a beard. So why do they have him clean shaven right. in this? Because he would look so much more menacing, and he has a beard in the books. You know, he has a very oily beard and oily hair. Oh. So it's like give him the beard. Oh. Alan Rickman can grow it, and he would look so yeah, much more why terrifying. Why didn't he get to have a beard? That's a, yeah, I wish he kind of had a beard too, because I like beards. Yeah, well, I also like Alan Rickman with a beard. Yeah, but anyhow, he loves to give Harry the stink eye. Mm-hmm. He just loves it. Find out why in the eighth movie. That's right. The <laughs> children, they are certain he is up to something, and maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe he is. But they find out that the Philosopher's Stone is being kept at hogwarts and protected from i think you mentioned him earlier uh valdemart valdy that's how you pronounce it that's that's the real way to pronounce oh, it. oh is it is valdemart <laughs> valdemart <Yeah. laughs> um we probably just sent like thousands of people in the shivering like nightmares by saying his name oh gosh 
Oh, you're right. Jeez, man. I'm sorry. We're we're muggles. We'll, <laughs> we'll admit to that. Um, we don't know uh, if we're offending people's culture or not. <laughs> Anyhow, there's also just so many brilliant portrayals of the professors from we mentioned richard harris i don't know if we did actually oh maybe we didn't yeah anyway richard harris he uh plays albus dumbledore for the first two movies unfortunately he passed away yeah but he does so brilliantly yeah then i had to scramble and try to figure out what to do and i personally like yeah i do like michael gambon as dumbledore because i i i really loved the dumbledore they put forth because i do too because he's feeble He's the greatest wizard who ever lived and the only person Voldemort's ever been afraid of. And Richard Harris's version is feeble. And it's like, oh, it would have been so cool to see how he fought Dumbledore or how he fought Voldemort. Right. Because it would have just changed the game because Michael Gambon, even even though he's still elderly, he's still young. He was still lively. So it's just like it it, it had a different energy. And I just would have been really, in, I just, yeah. I'm really interested to see what they would have done. I think though it was good that Michael Gambon went in a different direction. Yeah, though I agree. Just, just because otherwise it would feel like he was imitating Harris, and I, I don't think that would have been appropriate either. But yeah, I think they, they both definitely do a really good job. But yes, I would have loved to have seen Richard Harris to the end. Yeah, that would have been that's great. when the atmosphere changes, man, and. He works. He Michael Gambon's Dumbledore works for the atmosphere that Harry Potter becomes, and I just right. It, I just don't drive with it. But we'll, we'll get there in time because now we're talking about the movie that I do drive with because that's that's really just the the synopsis for Sorcerer's Stone is they find it out that it's at the castle, yeah, and then it becomes uh, you know, a mystery of you know like how do we that's right how do we protect this because we know we know professor snape's gonna try to steal it because he's already been trying to steal it yes uh i think it might be worth noting what maybe the philosopher's stone does actually it might be easier if you explain what yeah, it does. yeah yeah i'll stumble over it i'll say whatever it is wrong i don't remember all of its functions i know it turned like it, it creates gold for the consumer like the consumer can just like right. use it to make gold or out of things i believe but most importantly, if you are in possession of the Sorcerer's Stone or something along those lines, you have basically eternal life. Uh, something along those lines. Again, I am very hazy on the, the rules of the stone. But the reason the individual is who is actually seeking the stone, which, I mean, come on. If you don't know Harry Potter, like, why the fuck are you even here? You're not here if you've never watched the movies. You know you know the spoiler I'm going to give. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even gonna bother um, with a spoiler wall but you find out voldemort seeking the stone so that he can come back to life yeah okay yeah i think that i think that his method his particular method should maybe yeah yeah i won't i think we can talk about the whole movie without giving that yeah, yeah i won't i won't spoil how he tries to steal the stone but he but but when he initially tried to kill Harry Potter, he died from that. Or died in you know air quotation marks, because who really understands the how it works in the Harry Potter universe? <laughs> he, he's basically yeah, he's yeah, basically yeah. living a half life. He's kind of like a ghost kind of thing. They don't really explain it too well in the movie. He's a. I think Wraith is a fair a fair description. Yeah. 
He he is basically, I think he was so astonished, but yet so driven by revenge and hatred and ambition that his soul willed itself to stay alive. But his material self is gone. Yeah. But also there's more to the story yeah. that's that makes it make more yeah. sense. But that, that's that's, that's, another that's a good way to put it, what it what it actually is. It's a it's a decent way to say phrase it because they, i mean they kind of show him in like a, a cloak and he's kind of floating around you know he's like the precursor to the mentors right and like so wraith is a good way to put it but obviously it's a very bad life to be living because there's no material gains there's no it, it's not a happy right there's no happiness which i don't know if voldemort can actually feel happiness but that's another story <laughs> yeah. but he wants the sorcerer's stone to bring him life back to give him a physical form to to get out of the the life he's living in and to get back into being in power and villainous and world dominating so that's sorcerer's stone that's the first movie let's that that is it yeah i i do think we should um talk the cast definitely talk about uh cast members yeah um so we talked uh dumbledore a bit his i feel like his second in the uh, professor hierarchy is professor mcgonagall yes. uh at least from the perspective of this movie and for the children because she's also the head of house gryffindor while as snape is the head of house slytherin mm-hmm. but maggie smith she is so awesome at being this like there is this grandmotherly air about her but yet like a strict professionalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking love the, her their performance in these movies. When you're able to crack through her exterior and like get a little bit of that smile, you know, like when when Ron will say something, yeah. and she'll just like mm, you, you know, it's just like yes, I got you. it. It's like I would love to have her as a headmistress. <laughs> she would be so much fun. Kids are great. Yeah. Oh man. Yes, I would love to meet her for sure. Speak like we did mentioned cancer and she did uh have a fight with cancer throughout the run of these films and thankfully she's still with us giving us some great performances and i hope uh that she gets to do that as long as she wants to do that yeah Yeah, i was also not not only do i want to see maggie smith i also just want to you know meet minerva mcgonagall that character that she put forth oh yeah because they did yeah, that yeah. yeah. I mean, they nailed all the characters. There's no denying. I think that if they were to do them again, like if they were to reboot the movies or do a TV show or whatever, I think it's easy to recast all of them. I think the guy who plays Hagrid's gonna very have a very hard time, but I think everybody else can, can yes. easily make the role their own. But what was put forth in this in these movies is brilliant. Like all the actors, yeah, are just solidly cast like i I don't i didn't i should have wrote down the casting director because whoever they are like you're fucking golden at your job like (laughs) you did brilliant yeah you sure did and like another another Uh, thing is like all of these actors are now in so many different you know like they're in the marvel franchise like you know they're they're all popping up in so many different roles now that i don't want to say that harry potter made them but Oh, no, yeah, especially not Maggie Smith. Maggie or, Smith, I think that she might, it might be the role that brought her to our attention because that was our yeah. age range. 
But man, her career is. Well, I mean, amazing. certainly not Richard Harris uh, or Alan uh, Rickman either. Oh yeah. But I mean, obviously, it made Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint popular. Oh yeah, because this is this is their origin story, really. Yeah. Uh, just three wizards making it out in Hell Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, uh, uh, I think it's important to point out uh, Warwick Davis and John Hurt. They have bit parts. Warwick Davis plays Professor. Yeah. Flickwood. Oh God. I'm losing his name. Uh, yes, uh, Flitwick. 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 Yeah, and he's he's a lot of fun. And uh, John Hurt plays Ollivander, the the wand maker. That seems really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's. I just love his his reactions. That's that's one of the, a lot of. There's a lot of this movie that is just reactions and John Williams musical underscore. So it's just like, you know, the camera yeah. the camera will cut to Harry and he's just like, oh, you know, and his eyes are getting big and he's just like, whoa. And it's just, you know, the, the music's playing in the background. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but John Hurt's reactions are like my favorite in the whole movie. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. he's so adorable. Oh, man. I Like, it makes me wonder, like, if, like, I know that Harry is not a common boy, but I got to wonder if that happens with many other uh witches or young wizards oh yeah uh when they come up to try to pick out a wand like how many vases a year does olivander go we'll see (laughs) i guess he could repair it the way i've always thought about it is that he knows the right wand for the person as soon as he sees them but with harry he was with harry he was reluctant to give him the wand that was the brother of the one that gave you that scar. You know, Harry. Harry's wand. Right. Uh, the core of Harry's wand was plucked from the same phoenix that uh, Voldemort's core was pulled from. But only two feathers from that yeah. phoenix. Yeah, and we'll see that phoenix in the next movie. Yeah. Fox, I love him. But I've always just interpreted it that, or I say interpreted, I've always just read into it that I feel like Ollivander knows the right one for the person or at least the right core for the person so maybe it's just like one or two that he has to right. get but with harry he just didn't want to go straight to that one you know he's just like that doesn't seem right that's a good uh, theory i like that uh he does say though when he pulls out that wand that he's like i won yeah there. fucking john hurt I right love him. <laughs> he's another one i miss uh, yeah but he made it to doctor who yeah so yeah sure he did make it to Doctor Yes, yeah, so now it's now it's We'll talk I'm sure we'll talk that sometime. <laughs> it's it's really hard. You got to it's it's hard to find the classic series because I don't want to talk modern who without talking classic who. And right. classic right. who is just it's I a pain in the ass to find without chipping out $10 a month extra or whatever. But is there anybody else in the cast that should uh should be specifically called out? I mean, well, I think that we should uh, mention, uh, well, I, I think it's worth mentioning that Fiona Shaw and Richard Griffiths played uh, his aunt yeah. and uncle. Their performances, while insidious, are yeah, amazing. That's true. I mean, I've honestly never watched a movie where I didn't like Richard Griffiths' character. Right. He's He's very good. Yeah. He just kind of 
I don't know. Like I, you see it and it's like, oh yeah, it's that guy. I don't feel like it's a name that everybody knows yeah. though. But he's he's in the movie and he makes that seem wonderful for some reason. <laughs> well, it's just yeah, it's just his willingness <laughs> to just play with Daniel Radcliffe, like because they're 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 at each other's throats so yeah. often during those scenes. It's yeah. really funny to watch because it's like I'm sure they're having a great time. Yeah, so he's got a mustache in this movie, and he like after the letters keep on happening on a particular Sunday, he's like it's Sunday. There's no post on Sunday, <laughs> but his hair is all like <laughs> messed up and he's got five o'clock yeah, shadow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's just, it's very childish and magical. And it's just like, that's, that's what, yeah. that's this whole movie. It's just, it's childish magic. And it's, that's why it nails that atmosphere yeah. so well. It is wonderful. Yeah. There is a bunch of wonder in this movie. One last person I think we should mention I mean, there's definitely like a bunch of kids who probably are worth mentioning, but they have larger roles later on. So we'll yeah. talk about them then. Ian Hart as Professor Curl. Yes. He he is the... So a trend with these movies is that there's a different professor of the dark arts each each movie. Yeah. So I think that it's worth talking about this little meek professor who has stutters he seems to be having a little battle out with professor professor snape in the background of their invest of the children's investigation and so he just he plays an integral part later on in the film that's what i'll say yeah it is another fun performance it makes me wonder though was that his first year as the defense teacher or was he yeah that's a good question you know, did the curse start with him or has it been going on for a while? That is a good question. I think, though, well, no, because somebody says, I don't know if it was Harry, but it sounded like a Weasley in my brain, says that Professor Snape has been after Quarrel's job for years. Yeah. So I think he has been there for a while, which I think lends well to the plot towards the end if he has been there for a while. Yeah, but all they're all they're saying in that respect is his job is defense of the dark arts teacher. He's been after that job for years. Right. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it could be that way, or but I always always just kind of felt it was a a pronoun mistake. <laughs> he's like he's always been after that job. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe that's why Dumbledore doesn't put him in there because he's like, you're a good teacher, Snape. I don't want you to die. I'm gonna hire these random people. <laughs> well to go into this cursed position yeah i mean we 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 find out we find out later why dumbledore doesn't want to put him in that position yeah for the most part i've seen the first five films numerous times and then like six seven and eight i've only seen once i think which is weird for me i actually rather enjoy the sixth one yeah the half-blood prince yeah I don't, I don't rem- actually, no, sorry, I have seen that one a lot because I like the cinematography in that one. It's the fifth movie I don't watch too much. Yeah, that one I, I don't, I don't think was, the, I haven't seen the fourth one very many times either. Yeah. But I, those two, I, I'm just not, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but I'm not a huge fan of those two. Uh, but yeah, here we go. I think we talked this movie. Yeah, you ready for closing statements? I think so. I think so. Uh, I did this synopsis kind of. <laughs> you want to do the first closing? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I, I I absolutely love this movie. It's it's mystical. It's fun. 
It's got all the childish charm that the books have. It's very loyal to the stories. Like, I do. Uh, I mean, I actually, I think I give it four out of four stars. Like, I, I love it that much. Right. And I think the only negative aspects I have of it really are things that didn't carry over to the other films. I mean, they carry over to the second film because Christopher Columbus is still in charge. But right. the the only negative aspects are it builds this unique world where the stairs move in the in the in the castle in Hogwarts Castle, and it, it, all this stage design is just ignored later on. You know, like there's not many yeah. moving staircases scenes. Like the grounds become more explored, but they kind of just ignore the intricacies of this castle. And, like, another thing is, like, Seamus and his penchant for exploding things constantly, like, completely ignored later on. Like, in this movie, there's, like, four scenes or three scenes where he explodes something, and it's just like, is this going to continue? Is he going to be really good with explosives by, like, year seven? Maybe he is. I don't know, but I don't remember it. It's not focused on. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to know what happened to Seamus as a full-blown wizard, right? I do, and Dean too. I want to know what that life is like. Like Dean and Seamus have this friendship that it's like I wish it could be explored, and that's that's why I think yeah. Harry Potter overall works better as a TV show, is because you can explore that fraternity that you know that all those fraternal friendships. Yeah. You can you can explore the the castle more. You can explore all of these relationships that Harry could have with everybody else in the school. Whereas in the movie, right. you have to condense it, you know, and you have to stay loyal to the books because you have a very limited time period, and the books are already big. So you have to you have to keep on the plot. And I just right. I feel like this world works better as a tv show but chris columbus did the best that he could with it and it's brilliant i mean yeah that fucking movie like if they only did one fucking movie to talk about harry potter and they did the sorcerer's stone i think yeah he he captured it like if for some reason it it wasn't the most popular movie in the fucking world at the time (laughs) and they're like okay we're not gonna put more movie in this and it was a hidden gem it'd be a perfect hidden gem it's like yeah, they ad- they tried to adapt the Harry Potter series one time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it just has uh, that it just has that nostalgic joy that you find in like never ending story. You know, it's just like the yeah the practical yeah. effects and the the mystical fanaticism. You're right. I'm glad you compared it to that. That was that's good. The sequels to that were so widespread <laughs> over time. It's crazy, right? Uh, but the second one is I remember liking. I don't think I. Um, I don't remember the third one, I, except for that he looked too old. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even think I've seen the sequels to that. I think I've just seen the original. The second one's worth trying. I don't remember where we watched it. It might be on Disney+. Plus, But anyways, I digress. Closing statements, unless you have more to say. Nah, floor is yours. All right. Well, I, yeah, I full-faced movie, maybe a face. I'm going to give this movie a face and a half. This is a quality flick. Like I said, if it stood alone from the entire series, it would still be a solid flick. Mm-hmm. It, it was good. Yeah. Hats off to the cast, casting director and director. Everything in this movie, really. Yeah. I. It's a great movie. If you love fantasy, you got to watch this fucking movie. There's not really a grittiness to this film because it has that like magical childish overtone to it 
but there is a darkness to it yeah there is a there is a grittiness to the right. to the atmosphere i would say yeah yeah i don't know though but it, it, i don't know if 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 gritty is the right term i think there's a darkness like it's yeah. almost gothic it's like it's like shiny gothic yeah we'll, we'll call it that there we go <laughs> i like that uh i do i probably something that actually exists out there and somebody's gonna like post i feel like the harry potter universe definitely you know it inspired a new culture of gothic hogwarts goth i've seen i've seen many uh goth friends who blatantly dress like they're going to hogwarts you know just because that's 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 the style they enjoy you know that's the the the, i mean it's dark clothing it's it's almost robes i mean not always there's you know when you go to classes you're in skirts or or pants and stuff like that but very true very true like goth can just go in so many directions though anyhow yeah i think (laughs) (laughs) we did the episode man i have been the faceless leon and i'm the green traveler and we'll talk less in the next episode since we're getting it all dumped out in the front (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah uh, maybe around the third episode the third episode when there is kind of like a world shift so we might have trouble not talking about that but anyhow we'll see you next week for chamber of secrets love y'all safe travels and good night green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of fiction works 19 if you like the show Please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.